I'm Eric. I'm Lucas. And we are the Modern Agronomists. We are putting a modern spin on an old industry. Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Agronomists. Today we have Brad Yeager from Country Visions Co-op. Brad is the grain division manager and the grain merchandiser out of Chilton. Welcome, Brad. Uh, can you give us a little background of uh, where you're from, how you came into this position, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, and uh, thanks, guys, for having me here today. Uh, so, yeah, Brad Yeager, uh, working out of uh, the Chilton Green location. Grew up eastern Wisconsin here, uh, working on my family's farm uh, over in the Cleveland area, and uh, obviously went to... Uh, Went to school, UW-Madison, found my way back to the home area, uh, working in the, the grain department here at Country Visions. What kind of farm were you on? Was it a dairy farm, cash grain? or? Yep, so it, w- it was a dairy farm when my, my grandparents uh, still had it, and once they retired, um, uh, parents took over and custom uh, dairy heifer uh, raising and, and some cash cropping. So. so get into this a little bit. What are, what are the markets kind of looking like at today? Today's date, yeah, uh, we've had quite the the wild last uh, three four months in the grain markets here. Um, I'd really say starting in December, things really started to take off due to uh, a multi- multitude of different factors uh, going on, which was a big shift after you know a pretty good harvest and things looking pretty bleak going into going into the fall. South America which, uh, you know, do produce a, a, a good number of, of crops. Uh, they're kind of running into some problems with, uh, with dryness affecting and, and bringing down some production estimates there. Then, uh, you know, obviously with the whole COVID-19 thing, uh, there's been a, a, higher, uh, a higher importance uh, just on a global world food security standpoint. Uh, so there's been increased demand uh, um, from many countries, uh, you know, just just from that aspect, and then uh, you know, starting this fall, now China started uh, to ma- maybe kind of make good on uh, on some of their trade deal promises that we've probably been talking about for the last uh, uh, year or two. It seems like so exports really ramped up for them. Uh, you know, first with soybeans, and then and then some really large uh, corn purchases. So uh, you know, kind of the combination of those things. Uh, you know, kicked us off uh, running higher here at the start of the year. And I think, uh, you know, that started to draw some speculative uh, interest, uh, you know, so we have a lot of spec traders, uh, you know, fund traders um, that, that do get, get into uh, uh, our commodity markets as well. Once, once they start hearing favorable news, uh, they, can really, uh, they can really drive, uh, drive things higher, higher as well. So, you know, you'd almost call it a, more, a perfect storm uh, kind of scenario that uh, you know that combined things and and but you know still for the right reason because we're exporting because uh, you know there's demand for for these grains so you know it, it really brought us uh, a lot higher and is you know is offering us some uh, good opportunities now uh, you know to to make some profits finally after uh, after how many years where right. uh, everyone really questioned uh, <laughs> if that was ever possible so yeah. it was a long road it yeah. has been so how many um. How many bushels of grain are we dealing with it in Country Visions? Yeah, so uh, Country Visions as a total, uh, we have storage capacity for about 10 million, uh, 10 million bushels, and that's uh, that's across our six locations. 
And three crops, the wheat, corn, yep. and soybeans? Yep. So, uh, well, and uh, I'd say four even. Uh, uh, main ones, uh, corn, soybeans, uh, wheat, uh, depending on the year, and then uh, a few of our locations do take uh, do take in oats. Oats, so. okay. Got to have those. That's right. So I, my question to you, Brad, is I've got a lot of growers that have never done a contract before, and maybe they would be interested in doing a contract how can somebody go from not ever having a contract and farming 40 years to getting into a contract? I know for a lot of people it's a it's a big it's a big step. I think like we like we maybe talked about before the, the biggest thing is uh, you know just starting to have the conversation, you know start thinking about it, uh, give one of our, our grain merchandisers here at Country Visions a, a call and and just just ask you know ask the question and and start talking about it um it seems like a big step for you know for someone to uh, you know lock into it but um i'd say in general we'd start with uh, baby steps and uh, you know get our feet wet and uh, we can really b- build on it from from there so my my general advice is um break uh, your potential production down into increments and those can be any kind of increments uh you know, depending on uh, how you feel or how you want to market your crop, but you know, say into thirds, quarters, you know, even even tenths, and and just kind of split it up, and either as the price goes higher, as time goes on, uh, you know, slowly make some sales and uh, and lock things in, in in that aspect. And um, you know, I I do always like to uh, you know re- recommend to uh, not doing too much too fast especially before uh, you even uh, have planted a crop, you know, because some of our producers don't, don't have a, a large acreage. So that makes it a bigger concern, concern for them. But, uh, you know, staying on the lower side before you even planted, and then, uh, you know, maybe uh, up to 25% before planting, then, you know, get the crop in the ground, feel a little bit better about, uh, you know, y- your acres, and then, and then wait a little bit and make sure it develops. I think, uh, um, you know, then that timetable kind of coincides. Uh, you let some time pass. You see, you can see how the market changes in that time period too. Then your your crop starts to, you know, you, you see it, it come up and and progress. Uh, then you can maybe dabble into a little more. Maybe do another uh, another quarter. And then uh, you know, then then it's the same thing. You know, you want you want to see pollination or, or you know, see what kind of weather you have in the in the summer. Not that everything dries up and uh, you know. We might have some crop loss, so so then then you get to that summertime time frame, and uh, then you can maybe do do another quarter yet. If you keep in track, you know, we're talking about potentially doing up to seventy five percent of what your production might be for for the year, and and that's for good reason because uh, I know, uh, you know not all, but some some producers will have crop insurance, and and usually that that's the coverage level of crop insurance would be uh, that seventy five percent. So if something terrible does happen. Uh, you, you do kind of have the crop insurance uh, um, money that you can that you can work with to uh, you know to tie up or take care of those contracts if you do have a complete a complete crop loss. Mm-hmm. So. so you can almost argue by by taking some small steps on contracting some of your crop that you're almost protecting um, per se you know farming in general just that you can maybe be more profitable by just taking some early steps to cover some of your, some of your inputs and whatnot. C- correct. And, uh, and I go back to, uh, and this year has been 100% completely different than, uh, you know, than what we've probably had ever, ever before, or at least in a long while. 
but up up before this point, and I'd say even maybe the last twenty years, um, you know, the majority of those years kind of had a trend, um, you know, that would maybe go along with that timeline as well too. You know, we had we'd have a harvest, and usually uh, uh, late summer and into harvest, that prices would tend to decline, and and maybe stay that way for uh, you know for for the winter months. But then after we break the first of the year, or um, you know, at least start talking or thinking about planting, um, you know, prices would slowly uh, appreciate, you know, I think at, with the anticipation of planting and maybe uh, the potential of some weather concerns, you know, for, for, for that planting time frame that would keep the market a little bit on edge or uneasy. And, uh, you know, then we'd kind of kind of climb from there and then e- even going into uh, the development of the crop, you know, with that uncertainty, you know, brings up the volatility and the potential for it to go higher. So I'd say that's a general trend and by no means anything that, you know, that has to continue, but uh, that's what we've seen over the past couple of years. So, I mean, in those years that really offered the opportunity, you know, to forward contract then for, uh, for your, your fall harvest and lock in, you know, maybe not profits, but um, better prices in the best time out of the year. This year, who knows? I mean, could this hold or, or continue? Uh, I mean, anything's possible at this point. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, especially if, if you're able to protect some margin, um, you know, at these prices, it's, it's probably not a bad idea to, you know, at least start, start dabbling with it mm-hmm. because who knows what tomorrow brings. Right. I get a lot of questions on stuff, you know, market – volatility going up and down is weather one of the biggest things that we can really move especially when we get into a season that's really gonna is there a lot of stock into that uh yeah and uh, i mean honestly throughout the throughout the entire year um because uh you know maybe we're not growing or planting or dealing with a crop here but uh someone around the world somewhere is, else is. you know and uh not everywhere has the big as big a production as we do here, but South America does. So that that's why uh, you know over the winter in December uh, uh, is kind of the critical uh, critical development period for uh, a lot of soybeans in uh, in South America. That was a concern at at that time, and and now even in South America now they're trying to harvest you know they're trying to harvest some of those some of those crops and then get their second crop. Uh, um, a lot of times they'll follow soybeans with a second crop of corn and get that planted. Now, there was uh, some areas that uh, were experiencing uh, um, a lot of rains now, couldn't get the crop off, and that, that was uh, delaying planting of, the, of, of their corn down there. Well, late planting of corn stretches out, uh, kind of aligns their, the development of that corn, the pollination, into their dry, their dry season, which uh, you know, could obviously uh, be detrimental to that crop too. So, uh, you know, South America is a big one that, that kind of goes on, uh, you know, through, through winter and, and towards spring for us. And then you, you can shift gears right away to uh, what does uh, right. planting weather here in the U.S. Uh, look like. And, yeah, you hit it on the head. I mean, there's, there's a lot of volatility uh, around that and watching forecasts. And mm-hmm. we all know how reliable the weatherman right. is mm-hmm. to begin with. So it, it, it sparks a lot of speculation. Right. And I suppose, I mean, South America, it's not like they're getting any smaller. I mean, there's more acres going to production where here we're pretty much set on acres being farmed and every year they're just getting bigger. Uh, correct. And uh, by no means uh, am, am I familiar, you know, completely familiar with what they have going on there. But, yeah, I mean, they're obviously picking up on new technologies, uh, you know, w- ways to improve 
and uh, you know, and slowly been improving their infrastructure there too. Definitely becoming a bigger and bigger player in the in the world market. So, someone looking to do a contract, in perspective, what information should they have prepared or at least be thinking about before they would pick up the phone and call you and say, "Hey, I want to do a contract." I mean, what's some information or what's some pre homework they should do before they contact you? I'd say the biggest thing is. Uh, Either uh, have an idea of what they intend to plant of that of that crop, and uh, I mean, obviously, you you want to be pretty uh, pretty set on set on that plan if you're gonna if you're gonna start contracting w- what they expect that crop to yield, uh, you know, using historical data or you know the potential of, of the land, and then uh, have a general feeling of uh, you know w- what kind of price uh, they'd be happy with or they can make a profit a profit at and. I'd say those are the those are the biggest things, and and just the general idea of what their feelings are going forward, or uh, how they like to proceed. You know, some people, uh, if if you're more comfortable with with having more locked in because you like the price, and you know you're okay if it goes if it goes higher, um, yeah, then we we can do a little bit more. So, and you know that might sound very elementary, but for some of these larger operations, you know, that 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 are large scale. I think that's a lot of information to compile over the course of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 acres. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. And, and no matter the size of your operation, there is no requirement size to do contracting. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter if, you know, you have, you know, 20, 50, 100 acres. I mean, we'll, we'll write a contract uh, for anything and it's it's worthwhile to, you know, still have that that conversation and have that on your mind it's uh you know it's it's funny and i i, I wish i could remember where i where i heard this but uh you know you spend how much time and effort into uh, growing uh growing the crop throughout the right. throughout the year and to have a successful harvest but uh you know you invest all that time and that's really only 50 percent of uh you know of the profit equation there right you still got to market it well how many people are spending the time uh, uh, marketing their crop that they are uh, putting into uh, to grow it? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably none. Which right? potentially is, you know, the missing link for profitability for a lot of these farms, right. in my opinion. Right. I mean, in general, do you do you see one crop marketed more than another? Um, I mean, obviously for our area, yeah. Uh, you know, corn doesn't get marketed as as much, and uh, you know, biggest reason because we're in in dairy dairy sure. area, right. and uh, you know, a lot goes for silage. But you know, even the grain corn that does come in, a lot of it gets used for feed. You know, through uh, through grain bank or or you know, th- takes taken back home to to be used used as feed, uh, ground up. So. Uh, I'd say you know our corn uh, our corn s- sales often lag um, you know be because of that because you know not not knowing what uh, you know what the what your yield and final outcome is going to be uh, obviously you want to take care of yourself first and make sure you have that security uh, mm-hmm. of of that corn so but um, and it depends on the year and the price uh, price too I'd I'd say in general uh, you know we're we're pretty good with selling our wheat. Um, I think that's uh, you know whether it's a cash flow thing or you know just a time of year right. thing, um, and then uh, beans are probably next, and obviously yeah, sure. corn, corn last. So, a lot of questions I get from my growers when they're watching the markets is, 
do I need to change my crop rotation to follow the markets better? And in some cases, I feel like the answer is yes. In some cases, I feel like the answer is no. Do you feel like people should um, manipulate their crop rotation to better follow the market? And that's a loaded question, but <laughs> I, I, no, I I just want to hear what you have either. to say. I, I was, I was, I'm probably more curious uh, what, what your guys' thoughts are, what what you're recommending to your customers. I I will say. Uh, I often ask that question too, you know, going into, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious if, if we're going to see a big acre swing. Uh, and uh, over over my time, it seems like, uh, at least in our area, uh, not many people are too willing to uh, to change a whole lot. They're pretty happy with the rotation. The rotation works for them. Um, so they don't swing too often. The biggest thing is what the weather allows them to do. I think that's the biggest thing that will really change, change that acre swing. But um, would I recommend doing it if you're if you're willing to contract and you know and take advantage of that early when you're making that decision, you know, or once you get it planted, then then maybe uh, right. if, if you know you can guarantee a profit. But the thing is, most people who do do that, then they're not contracting, and uh, most often by the time fall comes, uh, you know that it's back to yeah right. that that benefit or uh, you know that that gain that you were looking at. Uh, it is a lot. A lot of times, it's gone away already. Yeah, I. I mean, I get asked that question so many times from people. Should I plant more beans? Should I plant more beans? And that—that's the most. I get asked that question so many times, and I think I want to say yes sometimes and no sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, then you look at the whole. Where are we going with rotation? What are our expectations then the following year? Then I mean, are we getting way out of kilter here for? Yeah. Harvest, planting, all that stuff. I mean, it's like you said, it's loaded. It is a it's sure. a very open ended question. And uh, and maybe the last part of that too is uh, is the time factor. Um, you know, and how they're set up equipment wise. Correct. You know, you know harvesting uh, obviously it, t- it takes a little less manpower and time to uh, you know harvest soybeans than uh, you know to harvest corn, get it dry, whether it's on farm or. Or even hauling it in, it, you know, it takes more more help and and more people. So I I really think uh, it's kind of your labor and equipment, how you're set up, uh, is gonna is gonna play a big factor in that as well. Mm-hmm. What do you see coming down the future in in marketing grain, or is there anything on the on the horizon that's gonna be new? Well, uh, ho- hopefully uh, we continue to have uh, these better prices and uh, this continued. B- volatility that uh, that we've had the last couple months because it it offers a lot of opportunities uh, for marketing grain but uh, even looking a little bit further uh, out there and I think something that you know it could be pretty interesting is uh, is maybe doing a little bit more uh, collaboration between uh, different departments I know that we're st- they're starting to kick off uh, you know some fertilizer markets that would would kind of reflect or uh, you know, imitate what uh, you know what's been happening in grain over the over the years, and uh, I think that might offer some good opportunities to market and uh, well, and really purchase uh, fertilizer and and take advantage of some of those uh, market swings as uh, as well. And uh, you know, on the collaboration part of that, it it would offer us some um, you know the ability to uh, maybe start stop looking at uh, you know the dollar signs. In selling our grain and buying the fertilizer, and maybe looking more of more at the value uh, between the two. Um, so, it, you know, example would be uh, selling my grain for uh, you know four dollars. I can 
eliminate my risk by uh, locking in my inputs for next year and uh, by using my grain to do so. So I, I would say we're, we're looking at uh, an opportunity uh, to, uh, you know, maybe book a, a higher price for fall, but then, uh, then also uh, lock in or, uh, you know, be thinking about fertilizer for next year. And uh, often earlier in the year is going to offer the, the lowest price there. So, you know, kind of hitting the, the value of uh, the combination of the two. So, you know, we might, instead of looking at what the price is, uh, we're going to look at the, the best value. So if I can buy uh, my fertilizer for 70 bushels of corn versus uh, 120 bushels of corn, you know, might be uh, in spring when you, when you actually need that fertilizer, that might be, that might be the swing. So, uh, um, you know, kind of combine the two and uh, you know, kind of forget about the dollar, the dollars and cents and, and just the, the value of the, of the corn there. So uh, I think that that might be something that we have coming uh, coming down the road. Um, so uh, you know, stay stay tuned, or or maybe keep uh, keep an eye and ear open. No, that's I mean that's very interesting. I think it's kind of an exciting exciting thing coming. Yeah, and, and I think it, the the point there, and that I that I can finally uh, remember or put words to is you know taking advantage of the seasonalities of uh, of both those right. both those markets. And you know, like I said, disclaimer again that. You know, this year has been completely different, but you know, if you look back in in years past, you know, they they kind of follow a, maybe a general a general trend. You know, with the time of year, kind of like we mm. talked about before in in corn, and the same applies for for fertilizer. You know, yep. a low yep. in summer, you know, and it creeps up as we come to spring, the spring demand. So, I feel like what you're talking about kind of offers a grower less transaction points. You know. They're getting rid of their corn, and they're getting another product to replace that corn, essentially right. for their operation. Right. Well, it's. I mean, it. If it if it were to happen, it, it's really a you know a simplified prepay program. Yep. You know, for uh, cash grain operations. Right. Yep. So. Yep. And obviously, we always say it. No one has a crystal ball. No one knows what's coming. If if we did, uh, we'd be doing something else. Probably somewhere a lot warmer and nicer than. Here, but uh, I think it's yeah. I think we hit on some key kind of points. If uh, if you're looking to do anything, you can always give Brad a call, and Brad can help walk you through um, setting one of these things up if if that's the route we want to go. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. And 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 not only myself, but you know, one of our other grain merchandisers here at Country Visions, uh, we we love receiving phone calls, uh, talking, meeting with producers, uh, getting to know everyone better, and and helping the best we can. Well, well, thanks, Brad, for coming in today to uh, give us a little insight. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brad.